shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. We've all heard the age-old phrase, don't judge a book by its cover. But as much as we strive to remain non-judgmental through daily tasks, developing ourselves into truly open-minded and open-hearted individuals is a lifelong journey. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today the theme for our show is the importance of empathy. And I'm Kaisine Kelly. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. We have an inspiring program in store for you today as we explore what it truly means to approach this world by looking through another's eyes and walking in another's shoes. To aid us in cultivating empathetic attitudes, I'm thrilled that we'll be welcoming three authors onto the program. That seems like a new record. To kick things off, though, we have our social responsibility reporter, Asia Gonzalez, here to give us her take on living a non-judgmental life. Hi, Asia. Hi, Kaisine. Hi, Henna, and hi, everyone. I'm Asia, the owner of Stinky Feet Girls, and she is worth it. And as I recalled, um, you know, the age-old saying of don't judge a book by its cover, it actually um, plays into the part of our daily lives. And when I was thinking of empathy, a whole lot of um, just insight came into my mind and a lot of personal experiences as well. But I was thinking, you know, empathy is an important characteristic to have. And did you know that empathy is actually a form of communication? Most people think that communicating is to do so verbally. But have you thought about that loving touch when someone's loved one has died? What about leaving flowers for someone who's been very sick? someone who is stressed and and feeling out of control. Walking to their door and dropping off a warm meal can mean more to them than, I'm sorry, you're stressed. There are so many nonverbal actions that can speak loads of empathy into someone else's life, which is why we need to be sensitive to the fact that no one is perfect. We have our issues and we have our personal flaws, whether they are physical or characteristic. We don't know what others are going through, so how are we in the position to judge someone else? What would, what would we do if we knew what other people were going through? How drastically do you think our feelings towards other people would change? And now we all know that some girls can get pretty mean and nasty, and the same can go for guys as well. And I've actually had that personal experience, so this um, is actually pretty easy for me to talk about. But um, in high school, many teens tend to be boxed in on themselves, and we compare our looks to someone else's, compare our grades to someone else's, or comparing our personalities to other people. Mm-hmm. And when we compare, we also find things to judge that person about. And yeah. jealousy yeah. causes judgment. And as teens, we can often find that judging others, bringing down someone else for their flaws, can make us feel better because we either feel, you know, hey, they're not perfect, or, hey, I look better than them because they have that flaw. 
Exactly. And, and you know what I yeah. think is so sad about this, and it's reflected in this quote that I love. It goes, we compare our behind the scenes to everyone else's highlight reel. Yep. And yeah. you know, the same applies for when we're looking at billboards and these models sprawled over magazines with these flawless complexions. And, and it's not real. Like, right, right. That's the yeah. point. And you know, we're, we're comparing ourselves when we're sitting at home in our pajamas to these models who have been photoshopped and edited and there's been lights and camera and action yeah. and angles taken. I mean, it, the problem is young people don't understand that there's so much that goes into one photo or one music video. It's not all reality. It's just perception. And definitely, I think that now I'm really happy to see all these campaigns about, I know Aria is doing one where they decided they're not going to retouch their models anymore. And so that's very empowering to see that um, even the industry is being molded because people are standing up for and saying like, hey, we can't just edit all these pictures and have people Photoshop because that gives young girls an unrealistic expectation of what they should be. Exactly. We actually did a project for that last year in my English class. We had to make a video of some sort, you know, defining what is beauty. And we actually put up the video of this girl who, you know, was probably in the double digits for her, you know, pant size, shirt size, or just something like that. And her hair was kind of greasy in the, in the photo. She had a lot of acne. And then they took out her photo and they morphed her into this Barbie looking image and it was completely fake and you saw exactly what they did to that girl and it's like they were completely different people and, it, and we were just like wow and girls actually compare themselves to that photo when that's not even the girl that was photoed, um, that was photographed and they're comparing themselves to basically this, this computer generated image and right. it's so sad because I'm oh, and you know, girls, after they feel that way, they start to judge other people on how they look, and at least they don't look like them. And I'm always the first to admit my past mistakes, and I travel the country to speak to other teens, and one of the first things I say is, I understand because I used to do the same thing. And I'm not the only one, and I know that. I've seen it happen in the halls of the multiple schools I've been to, and the result is terrible and unnecessary. And when we judge or criticize, we think it's okay, because at least we're not as bad as them. What we as a society need to understand is that when we feel empathy, we are choosing to support someone and we are taking the opposite road from bullying. I've grown up to realize that even though you didn't say it verbally, out loud, or post it on like Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, you still created that thought towards that person and it's the exact same thing. And I had a time in my life where I was very insecure about myself because um, and, it's, and also, this is actually kind of hard to talk about, but a few boys and girls actually teased me about my teeth, and it was something that I grew up with, and I had um, grown a protective cover, a mean protective cover over me, and because I was so insecure about that um, flaw about me, and that caused me to be judgmental towards others, and I didn't have empathy because I would think, well, thank God I'm not like them, or a good thing I don't have their problems. And I've grown up a lot and I've come to realize how important empathy is because it's a vital trait when connecting positively with others. And what I've made for a goal for myself is that I need to stop criticizing and judging and comparing and start to understand what the reason behind that person's anger is or sadness or excess amount of joy. This person may be angry because they have been wronged by someone in the past and it has caused them to be angry towards everyone else. Or someone may be sad or depressed and stamped offish because something tragic happened and they don't know how to express it. 
or we all know that person, and I'm pretty sure everybody knows somebody like this, but they're so annoyingly happy that, you know, we get irritated about it. But think about it. That person may be that way because they're hiding something negative in their life, and you've always got to think about why that is because there's always a reason behind something, and I think that's where empathy comes in handy. Right, right. and you know, what I think we also have to consider is that you can't have a harvest where seeds have never been planted. Mm-hmm. You know, in these different individuals, you don't know their lives, you don't know their stories, you don't know if they had those star gardeners in their lives who planted seeds of love, compassion, kindness, understanding. And so if these types of things were never sown into their hearts and into their minds, we can't right off the bat expect them to reap harvests of, you know, love and patience and kindness with others. It really goes, it's a vicious cycle and a vicious chain, but it really goes back quite quite a bit. And for that individual who maybe in that moment is feeling like this other person is judging me, sometimes you kind of have to take a step back and try to understand, you know, what might have led to this this chain of events. It really oftentimes yeah. doesn't have anything to do with you yourself. It has to do Definitely with the fact that this person is going through some other things that they need to be dealing with first. I yeah. And ultimately, I feel like it comes down to just be nice to other people and hope that sometimes they won't be nice to you back. But what you need to understand is when you ask, when someone asks for your forgiveness, sometimes the best thing to do is just forgive them and move on. And so just by having this constant cycle of being nice and not putting out that positive energy, hopefully you can get that good karma back in the end. Definitely. I actually had a best friend. Um, We've been friends for a couple of years. We actually kind of had a falling out because of this one um, incident after, uh, before I moved. But anyway, um, you know, when we were friends, she actually told me, like, later on in our friendship, she's like, I used to not like you because you looked like someone who was actually a jerk or you look like this really mean girl who was stuck up. And, you know, I've known her to be not a very um, confident girl in herself. But, I mean, she was beautiful. She was the kindest person you'll ever meet. But she had that feeling towards herself to where she wasn't confident. She didn't feel like she was special enough. She didn't feel beautiful enough. So she kind of had that mean shell around her um, towards others. And, I mean, I mean, it was nothing that I had against her. But she, um, she actually judged me before she knew me. But then as I was um, talking to her, um, being nice and just you know, being friendly, we actually became really best friends through our sophomore, junior, sophomore and junior year. So. Right, right. Well, thank you very much, Asia. Stick around for our next segment as we expand our conversation with a successful author. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. 
keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. You are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice American Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. I'm Kaisin Kelly. And I'm Hannah Hundle. Now, to add some flair and flavor to our discussion, we're thrilled to welcome onto the program a fabulous author. Rebecca Sarlet is the author of When You Were Mine, The Edge of Falling, and her new teen series, Famous in Love. Famous in Love is a thrilling tale of romance and drama, both off-screen and on-screen, as 17-year-old Paige Townsend gets plucked from obscurity to star in the movie adaption of a blockbuster book series. Paige's life changes practically overnight as she begins to navigate the crazy new worlds of stardom and love triangles, all while in the public eye. The story is absolutely fascinating, and we're so thrilled that Rebecca is joining us to delve into it further. Welcome to the program, Rebecca. Hi, guys. I'm so happy to be here. I want to take you with me always because I would like all my intros to sound exactly like that one. (laughs) (laughs) We are so happy to have you on, and let's just jump right into it. Yeah, let's do it. First. What made you want to write Famous in Love? Where did you derive your inspiration? Oh, my goodness. Um, a long time ago in a, in a creek far, far away, um, I grew up just obsessed with a show called Dawson's Creek that was on oh, the WB. Yes. Um, and I remember d- discovering that uh, Joey and Pacey, um, Katie Holmes and Joshua Jackson, were dating in real life. That they're, you know, that they're, Joey and Pacey were obviously together on the show and that Katie and Josh um, had fallen in love off screen. And the fantasy really took hold for me in an entirely different way. Like I felt like watching Joey and Pacey, I was sort of being let in, let, being let into this window of what it was really like and I like to say I've been sort of training to write this book my whole life but <laughs> I'm a huge fan I mean I'm I'm sort of like a huge fan girl I love the Vampire Diaries I love Divergent I love the Hunger Games and and just kind of watching um the dialogue between fantasy and reality you know obviously we see it in such a huge way I think Twilight was a major example of of what it's like when those two things come together and um, I just kind of, I, I wanted to be a fly on the wall and see what it would be like to, to live out two fantasies at the same time. So I wrote the book. <laughs> Definitely. And going off of that, how did you put yourself in the mindset of a celebrity to empathize with their experience? Oh, my goodness. Great question. Well, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in Los Angeles growing up. I went to USC, and I have a lot of friends who work in the film industry. So I was lucky enough to kind of get to be on, actually, a few of these sets, a few of these major franchise sets, and and sort of get to actually be on the fly on the wall and see what it really be like. But, you know, I think ultimately, more than anything, it's it's really a coming-of-age story. I mean, Paige is, is, is sort of a normal teen girl who's trying to figure it out. And, and this question of how do you sort of – how do you define who you are? How do you figure out who you are? are when the whole world is deciding it for you, um, I think in some ways it's something we can all relate to. I mean, I think we're all sort of trying to figure out who we are while, while you know, our friends, society, the media is sort of telling us who we should be. Right. Um, so it's that just sort of times one million. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, I think that's particularly a weighty question for teenagers. And, you know, Kaisin and I being host of this program where we get to talk to everyone I mean, we always love to ask people what their experience was like growing up so that maybe we can 
glean some lessons and inspiration from that too. So tell us, what was your experience like being a teenager and how might have that motivated you or impacted you today? Yeah, I was, I was, you know, I was a pretty shy teenager. Um, I was, I was kind of quiet. Um, I was a, I was a girly girl. I was very, very attached to my parents for a long time. Um, I still am. They actually were just in for my book launch and they just left my apartment so I could do this interview. And I was like, don't go. Um, <laughs> um, um, but I was, yeah, I was, you know, I, I sort of spent, a, I spent a lot of time. I was an only child. Um, and I spent a lot of time in, in sort of my own world and worlds of my own making. And, and I think it contributed greatly to my ending up becoming a novelist. Um, but I was, I was shy. I was quiet. Um, I think that I was young. The best way I can really describe it is that I was young for a very long time. Um, and it sort of, it took me a while to grow up. I think I'm, I think in some ways I'm kind of still doing it. (laughs) So who, um, kind of taking a tangent, who is your book crush and going off of what you said earlier about Dawson's Creek and stuff like that? Oh my goodness. Do you guys, um, have you read a series called Jessica Darling by Megan? No, Chase? I have not. Oh, it's so good. You must. Okay. Uh, you will at least start the first one. Uh, the I first will. One, I definitely will. First, it's so good. The first one is called Sloppy First, um, and then it's Second Helpings and Charmed Thirds. Um, there's five of them. And you, you sort of get to see Jessica starts. I think she's a freshman, maybe. And now there's a prequel series as well. Um, but anyhow, the boy in there is named Marcus Flutie. And oh my goodness, Marcus Lindy is like my dream. I, people are like, "Have you ever been to Love Triangle?" And I'm like, "Yes, I'm. I am in one with Pacey Witter and, <laughs> and myself, and they are constantly dueling it out inside my heart." Um, Marcus Flutie, yes, please read Jessica Darling. It's amazing. I definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> and going off that same token, we have to ask you, who's your celebrity crush? <gasps> oh man, this one's hard. Zac Efron's so cute. Yes, Zac Efron. Yes. He's so cute. Oh, I mean, there are so many, but honestly, he's the first one who pops into my head. He's just so cute. Every time I yeah. see him, <laughs> it's attractive. I don't even understand it. Definitely. I totally agree with that sentiment. Okay, Zach. We're going with Zach. Yes, yeah. Zach is a good choice. So, um, another tangent. What's your advice for pursuing your passion in life, just for teens like Hannah and I? Yes, advice for pursuing my passion. Um, I think, you know, I think, first of all, the thing that I that I – that I sometimes like to express to young people is that passions change. I think a lot of a lot of uh, what what we like to say as writers is that you know because I think I think and I think this is true for a lot of writers. Like I I knew that I wanted to be a novelist from the time I was very very young. I was I don't even know five or six. Um, so I just sort of like grew up knowing that. And for me, it was it was kind of this like one track mind to get there. But but even within that, there's been a lot of different um, sort of like a lot of different forms that that's taken. Like I. You know, I I got my master's in New York City, and I wrote short story collections. I was an editor for a period of time, um, and I think, um, and now I'm I'm you know trying my hand at writing film and television. So I, I think that all of these things ultimately contribute to our dream. I think I think that there needs to be a little bit of fluidity in pursuit of passions. I think that. Um, excuse me, I think the intensity of expression should be there. Like, I think it's really important to be fired up about something and to and and to pursue it with our whole heart, but also to have room for that thing to change. I mean, um, my passions have changed so much over the course of my 20s. And so I always I always like to say that, that I think that, you know, 
I think that advice of not giving up and pursuing things and keeping at it and if something is not working, change it, try to do it a different way is all really well and good. But also having some room to acknowledge that something that you were really, really, really passionate about now, you might feel is shifting and it might not be that way in five years and that's okay. Right. I think that's terrific advice. And we're talking about passions changing and finding what you're really made of and finding what you like to do. You just said that you've been trying your hand at television writing. Is that right? I have, yes. That is so fun. How did you get into that? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I've been I've been sort of like working on working on some scripts and things for the last few years and um and it's fun. It's like a it's a very, very, very different medium and I think it's been really fun for me to learn and explore. It's it's actually far more mathematical than novel writing is. because oh. um, you have, you know, there are like certain beats, there are certain things that you have to hit. Um and uh, and it's just it's it, it's been kind of a fun new challenge. I think that's the other thing about pursuing passion is that is that it need in order for it to stay dynamic. I think it needs to stay challenging to a certain extent. And um, I'm a very sort of like curious uh, writer by nature. I kind of want to do everything. Like I've written picture books. Like I said, I have a short story collection. I'm also working on an adult novels. So yes. I kind of I kind of want to do it all. And I think it's I think it's it's really fun to keep challenging yourself. Well, that sounds like an awesome message. And what three tips, if you think, going back, would you give your high school self? Oh, my goodness. Um, number one, I would say go easier on yourself. I was really hard on myself. Um, I think, I, I, think, I, I, think I, would, I would give myself the advice to be a little bit kinder to myself. I would 100% say... Um, I would say this to any teen, never, ever, ever get in somebody's car if you feel uncomfortable, if you mm, feel like, okay. if you feel like they've been drinking, if you feel like, if you feel like uh, that they don't, they don't really know how to drive, if you feel like you're not really sure of where they're going, never, ever, ever get in someone's car if, if you're uncomfortable. Even if you are, if you, even if you are somewhere random, even if you are, like, you feel like it's your only option. Right. Um, I feel like that comes up a lot in high school and it's an important point. Yeah. Are, um, yeah. Great. And, wisdom. And number three, I would say um, only change your hairstyle once. Like make a really, <laughs> make a really, really. If you would like to reinvent your hair, great. Make a really solid choice about what that reinvention is, and then stick to it. Yeah, <laughs> don't be doing it all the time. I think those are my. I think those would be my three things. Yeah, be kind. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. But particularly, be kind to yourself. I think that's something that teens really need to learn. Do not get in anyone's car that makes you uncomfortable for any reason. Yeah. And um, and three. Yeah. So figure out what works for your hair, and then and then stick to it. <laughs> Rebecca, you are terrific, <laughs> and thank you so much for sharing all of your insight. You oh, do. my goodness. Thank you, guys. It's a blast. <laughs> thank you. We really enriched the discussion today, and we thank you for taking the time to join us. And during the break, be sure to visit Rebecca's website at RebeccaSurley.com and also connect with her on Twitter at Rebecca A. Surley. Her new teen series is called Famous in Love, and I really recommend picking up a copy. I'm Hannah Hundel. And I'm Kysine Kelly. Also check out our radio website at www.ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com see photos, descriptions, links, and more. Stick around for our next segment as we continue our conversation. At 14, you've become a teenager and are ready to move on to the next phase of your years. The squeals and screams are replaced by slightly less squeals and screams, and you're expected to act a little more grown up. Tune in to Life at 14 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. 
Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know-how to get you ready for what's next. Life at 14, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. It's Kids and Cars. If you could get behind the wheel of your favorite hot car, where would you take it? Join your hosts, who are both car enthusiasts, as they take you inside, on the road, and past the pits with your favorite concept cars. This is your chance to burn rubber and leave the others behind in the dust. Tune in to Kids and Cars, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. If you missed the show, you might as well be stuck in the garage. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Real kids, real talk radio. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star Welcome teens. Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Hannah Hundle, and our program is Express Yourself. Today, our show is all about developing open minds. I think it's really interesting how we can expand our horizons through reading books. We've had a blast delving into this notion in the previous segments, but we're so honored to dive into it yet again, this time with the help of award-winning author Denise Jaden. For Denise, writing is a just-get-to-the-end, fast-drafting process. This approach has translated well, as she's authored the young adult novels Losing Faith, Never Enough, and Foreign Exchange, as well as her nonfiction books for writers, including Writing with a Heavy Heart and Fast Fiction. In Foreign Exchange, Jamie Monroe has always played it safe, but when her live-for-the-moment best friend Tristan jets off to Italy on a student exchange program, Jamie discovers her own capability to take risks. Jamie starts growing closer to Tristan's family, including her hotter-than-hot brother, but before long, she finds herself sinking into a web of pretense and larger-than-life secrets. Denise, this sounds so interesting, and we are thrilled to welcome you onto the program to talk with us further. How are you doing? Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. And, you know, I've provided a brief snapshot of the book, but maybe you can give us the full picture. What is this book really about, and how is it different from other young adult books out there? Well, something that I tend to do with all of my young adult novels is I have a bit of a slow build. I'm I'm really into characterization. I love to get to know my characters and really bring them to the page and make them fully realize people. So to me, they feel like people, not just characters. And something that happens throughout my, my novels is usually they grow into uh, kind of uh, an, a suspenseful, thriller-like ending. So I think that's a little bit different than a lot of novels that are on the, the market and I really like that kind of a pace and I read a lot of a lot of books that are like that as well and I just really enjoy that type of that type of book that has a not a slow build but I guess just a very thorough characterization of, of the characters you really get to know them and I like that about my writing oh definitely I enjoy that so much too and where do you glean inspiration for your books are you traveling you know you mentioned you read heavily is that where a lot of your sources of inspiration come from or where do you really find these ideas that 
are, are that you work so well with. I mean, these books are really incredible. Oh, thank you. Well, I do a lot of reading, but I, I can't say that my ideas come from other books. I would say a lot of my ideas come from personal experience. Uh, like for Losing Faith, the inspiration for that book actually came from when I was 16 years old, I lost my best friend. She was in a car accident. And there was, at the time, there was a lot of questions around the accident, and I didn't know quite what had happened to her because her parents lived down in a different state, and so I didn't get a lot of the information. And all those questions running through my head as a teenager were so impacting to me. So I really wanted to bring that to the page in Losing Faith. So that's kind of where that one stemmed from. Uh, Never Enough is completely different. I was, that, as an adult, I was living with a girl who was struggling with a severe eating disorder, and I had such a hard time understanding what she was going through. It was, it was heartbreaking to watch her go through her ups and downs, and it was tearing her life apart, and I felt like all I wanted to do is say, you know, why can't you just eat? And because I didn't understand, I, it was really difficult for me to step in and, and help her and do things and say things that would be helpful to her. And so I actually wrote the book Never Enough kind of as an exploration because I really wanted to understand her and know, know that the things I was telling her would be helpful and not hurtful to her. So that's kind of where the inspiration of that book came from. So a lot of them come from real life. Right. Well, I'm really glad you brought up that, you know, Never Enough and you know, the source of inspiration for that, because the topic for this show today is empathy, and I can really see that playing into your work. And, you know, you've ha- you're talking about experiences, being the feeders of inspiration for your books, and I wonder, all these defining seminal moments you had when you were a teenager, you know, losing your friend, or, you know, learning to develop empathy in cases that you didn't understand what people were going through, were these things that guided you along the path to becoming a writer? did you find that being a writer would give you a means of expression to talk about these types of issues and ideas? You know, not initially. I'm I'm so glad that I discovered writing because it has become definitely a cathartic force in my life. Right. But but initially it was more uh, more a journaling process. Just I, I never used to write. I grew up as a very reluctant reader and writer, and all through college I, I would do anything I could to get away with not writing a paper or not reading a book if I could help it. So it, it's actually quite funny to, <laughs> funny to me to see, yeah, that as an adult, I've actually become an author. It just is really funny. And I love actually talking to classrooms full of kids of reluctant writers for that reason, because I'm just like, oh, you have no idea. If you could just read the stuff that you love, uh-huh. then, you know, you'll fall in love with reading. So for me, it was a process of just growing to love to write what I wanted to write rather than being pushed into something and it came much later in life in my 30s actually when I first started to write and and even to read. Well I think that's really interesting because here at BTSYA Be The Star You Are our whole mission is to promote positive media and literacy among youth because you know as our wonderful producer Cynthia Bryan says to be a leader you have to be a reader and now that you've been through this journey of first not really caring much for reading, but then becoming such a well-known author, are you actively out there in the community reaching out to kids, sharing the importance of reading, writing, and literacy? I am. And, you know, every time I meet a teacher or a librarian, I'm, I'm right away I'm like, oh, I have to talk to you. <laughs> you know, do, do you have any kids that I can talk to? And, you know, it's just been a great process, really, getting to know different children and 
at teenagers and being able to shine a light on something that they had never looked at in that way before, showing them that, you know, this can be and should be enjoyable. Absolutely. And I love how you mentioned shining a light because I love doing kind of journalism writing and I've written for a couple of different newspapers and I love that you really get to bring the community's attention to a certain issue. Whatever you'd like to address, you have a platform to do that. What has been able to write books really meant to you? I mean, now do you finally have that voice, that way to express yourself that you think is so important? I, you know, I do. If, to me, writing, writing my books has become so important to me. Just to, to be able to have my own voice and to write my own stories and bring them to fruition is huge. And I feel like part of my aim really in writing is to connect with other people. And that connection is so strong between readers and authors. And I love, like, I love that nowadays, you know, there's Twitter and Facebook and stuff. And so we're not at a distance from our readers. And I love hearing back from readers that, oh, this impacted me in this way. And this is, this is what it means. And, you know, this is what it means to me. And this was what touched me. It's like, that is the ultimate for me. Wow, that, wow, that really must be incredible to know that you're making such a difference just by doing something you love. And I know that you have a just-get-to-the-end fast-drafting process, and I believe for your first novel, you completed a first draft in 21 days. Is that right? That's true, yes. That's incredible. How does this work? How are you able to get all your ideas down on paper and in a logical fashion in just that short amount of time? Well, I've actually recently come out with a book about my process of how I do it, and that one is called Fast Fiction, and it's a book for writers uh, of any age, really. But it started with the uh, the conglomeration called NaNoWriMo, which stands for National Novel Writing Month. So each November, basically, I sit down, I have a bit of a plan, and I start on the first day of November, and I just keep writing every single day until I get to the end. And I'll plan on writing every day in November, and I am very focused about it. I don't let anything else get in the way. And, yeah, in the, in the end, I come out with a first draft, which, of course, needs revision. And I would say it usually takes me about a year to revise a manuscript once I have the first draft. But the first draft comes very quickly to me. And, is, uh, and I like it that way because, you know, I feel like I get to see the arc of the story. Right. And, yeah. So I, I really like fast drafting. And how many hours do you tend to spend on writing each day when you're in this fast drafting process? I would say I've gotten it down to a bit of a science. So <laughs> I usually get up in the morning and I write a thousand words before I look at my email or before I talk to another person or eat anything. Um, and then I write the second thousand words some other time during the day. And so it really doesn't take me that long. I'll bet you that first, because I'm hungry in the morning, that, <laughs> that first thousand words probably comes in about a half an hour. And maybe the second thousand might take me an hour. Oh, so, wow. So it's not really that much time out of your day if you think about it. And then at the end of a month, you have an entire novel. Wow, that is so cool. Well, thank you very much, Denise, for this really great conversation. And we've truly oh, valued you. your insight. Thank you so much. And be sure to check out Denise's website at denisejaden.com, her Twitter at Denise Jaden, and her Facebook at Denise Jaden Author. Her young adult book, Foreign Exchange, is a riveting read. I'm Hannah Hundle. Also, please check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for Be the Star You Are, a 501c3 literacy and positive media charity. 
Stay right here with us as we continue our conversation. Tune in to Dinosaur Detectives with Little Miss Dinosaur, Anna Dubois. We'll not only learn about dinosaurs, but also about fossils, ancient civilizations, and ask questions from paleontologists. You'll learn about science in general with an emphasis on paleontology and dinosaurs. Anna hopes that this show will start or increase your awareness and interest in the field of science. Dinosaur Detectives can be heard every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Bon appetit! Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Hannah Hundle. And today we've been having a really fascinating conversation under the theme of open-mindedness. But the conversation is about to get even better as we bring in author Mary Elizabeth Summer. Mary's debut novel, Trust Me, I'm Lying, centers around Julep Dupree, a con artist, a master of disguise, and a sophomore at Chicago's swanky St. Agata High. But everything changes when Julep comes home one day to a ransacked apartment and her father gone, and she struggles to trace her dad's trail of clues through a maze of creepy stalkers, hit attempts, family secrets, and worse, the threat of foster care. With everything she has at stake, Julep's in way over her head. But that's not going to stop her from using every trick in the book to find her dad before his mark finds her. How exciting! Mary Elizabeth, we are thrilled to have you on Express Yourself today to give us some deeper insights. How have you been? Good, good. It's been a busy month for me since my book just launched. So oh, I, I can imagine. And the theme <laughs> for today's show is empathy and non-judgmentalness. And So tell us how your book, your debut book, how fascinating, addresses this issue of developing empathetic attitudes. Well, um, what's what's interesting about it is that Julep herself is a con artist. And if you know anything about con artists, they are famous for not really caring about other people. I mean, that's how they do what they do is they don't care if they steal from people. They don't care if they ruin people's lives just as long as they get what they want in the end. And so Julep's whole story is of self-discovery and figuring out who she is. 
because as she kind of goes along in her adventure of trying to find her father, she discovers that she actually has a deep vein of compassion in her soul that she didn't really know existed, and it causes her all sorts of problems. So that's really how um, how I envision the story and how it really relates to that idea of empathy. Wow, that's really interesting. And you know, this being your debut book, I'm sure it's a whirlwind of activity. And can you take us through what the experience has been like for you? Because I'm sure it's really been fascinating. It has. It has been a total roller coaster. Uh, everybody says that when they when they first launched their <laughs> first book, like you never believe all this stuff. But I, I still, I was not prepared. Um, it. It is amazing. It's also a lot of work and a lot of hours spent on top of a day job and a family and all of the rest of your life. Um, but it is also just thrilling to see your book on a shelf for the first time. It's just there's no word. There are no words to describe it, really. Wow, I can't even imagine. And was writing a book something that you had always wanted to do, or did this opportunity just come about kind of spontaneously? I um, I became obsessed with books in elementary school and writing, and I I even got like a a book on how to write out of the library in, in fifth grade. I have this very clear memory of this. I read the whole book cover to cover and took copious notes. Um, and then in high school, I decided I I wanted to be a mechanical engineer for some strange reason. <laughs> and but then by the time I got to college, I had straightened myself out and realized that no, no. Actually, my talents and passion do lie with storytelling. So uh-huh. um, then it took me a little while to sort of get back in the saddle, figure out, you know, how to make a living while I was, you know, working on the, the story angle of things. But then um, I started really writing toward publication in 2005 and um, wrote a few novel length stories that weren't quite ready. And then this one just sort of came out of the blue. Wow, wow, that's wonderful. And how did you develop this idea for the book? Did you intentionally set out to include empathy in the in the theme, or how did that work? Um, I was watching back-to-back episodes of Leverage and White Collar one night, and I thought, man, I would really love to read a story where there's a teenage con artist as a protagonist, but I don't think it exists. And then I woke up the next morning with Julep's voice in my head. And so from there, like I just kept asking myself questions. Well, what is her issue? What is her what is her um, problem that she's wrestling with on an internal level? And it just sort of made sense that a con artist would really struggle with with having feelings of empathy, like that she couldn't control. And so that sort of came naturally out of the premise of the story itself, I think. Um, but it has been really eye-opening for me. You know, a lot of this, I feel like I, I excavated the story more than wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of those things that just sort of came up. I was like, well, you know, the theme of identity seemed obvious because if you can be anybody, how do you know who you are? But then oh. as I was going along and, you know, throwing things at Julep and um, she had to deal with them, I realized that a lot of it was her struggle with accepting the fact that she actually does have empathy inside her. Wow, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned this idea that there really wasn't a con artist, teen character, you know, central book out there in the market. And so this was something that you saw would be a great thing to write. And 
of course, I'm sure that added to the difficulty of writing it because it was probably challenging to portray this kind of character and to really take it on and find out what she might be feeling and thinking and doing and convey that in an appropriate manner. So what was the most difficult thing about writing a con artist character? Um, probably the most difficult thing about writing her was making her sympathetic. Um, I had to figure out how to have her con people um, without making her seem yucky. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, I think that's also how the empathy angle sort of came in. But um, it just, uh, it was hard to make her seem somewhat believable as a as a hero um, because I needed to um, give her challenges emotionally and have her react to them in a sympathetic way um, and still have her feel like she was a con artist, you know, still have it believable that she could con people. So that sort of dual edged thing, I had to make it believable that she could be both like this sort of, almost sociopathic personality, (laughs) but also um, have her be relatable. So that was a difficult thing to do. Wow, I can imagine. And I know that this is the first book in a series. So what can readers expect in terms of Julep's growth and development with regard to empathy in future books? Well, um, she discovers in the first book just how far she's willing to go to... um, to give in to that empathy and then she has to deal with the fallout of that in in the next books and she has to realize that um, she did do the right thing I can't, you know I don't want to spoil it too much <laughs> um, she did do the right thing and accept that part of herself even as she is sort of figuring out the rest of her life um, and it's it's a difficult thing for her and she has to it, the the big bads quote unquote that she goes up against in the next two books are really intriguing because um, in the first book she goes up against the mob which is you know pretty heavy um, and then in the second book she goes up against another grifter so she goes up against her own kind and she that is a whole other level for her of like you know who am I that I can be judging this other person you know um right and then in the third book she goes up against her own family so she has a lot still to do (laughs) yeah and you know i wonder as you're writing this book and you're writing writing future books in this series do you find yourself doing a lot of research related to con artists or did julep derive from a character that you knew your whole life Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> Everybody I know is so honest, um, including me. I couldn't lie to save my life. Um, but, uh, no, I did a lot of research, and you would be amazed at what is out there on the Internet and to buy in books. Uh, it's just it's researching the cons was actually the easy part. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Well, thank you so much, Mary, for sharing all of this information. You really Absolutely. hit a lot of great points home with your book, and we wish you su- continued success in everything you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. And during the break, be sure to visit Mary's website at mesummer.com and connect with her on Twitter at mesummerbooks. The book is Trust Me, I'm Lying, and it is a fascinating read. I'm Hannah Hundle. As always, all good things must come to an end, and this show helped us understand how to have an open mind and heart to truly appreciate the richness of life's experiences. 
Thank you to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and Kid Star for producing this show, where we empower kids. Thank you to our Voice America Kids crew, especially Perry Damone and Bruce Solstein. Thank you to our guests and listeners from across the world. And thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. You've been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For more info on our creative community, go to btsya.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be empathetic, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine. Between the lines, if you would let yourself go. My name is Lindsay Marie from Bookworm. Now from the now from the Kickstarter of the month, here is the Wisp Pops and their song Sea Turtle. So many clues.
Kids start album of the month. 